Sing, 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 and make music with the heavens. We will sing, sing, sing. <laughs> Sister Michaela's taking up our discipleship offering this morning. God bless the offering. Amen this day. Amen. And then we're going to get right into our word, talking about walking the walk. Amen. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasings, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. We got to know more. Amen. Moving on to know more about God. Peter tells us in Second Peter 3, verse 18, he says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If we're going to be able to walk the walk, we got to grow. We got to know what we're doing and why we're doing it. Amen. Sometimes you ask people, why are you doing that? I don't know. Amen. We need to know why we're doing what we're doing. Amen. Now, last week we was talking about, we started out with character, and we was talking about commitment. And that's the overall thing uh, in, in our relationship with the Lord and the relationship with others in the church is to be committed. You know, we have to be committed to what God is asking of us to do. And I brought out the point last week, and I also brought out the same point yesterday at at PI. You know, marriage is the only, one of the only things that you get the certificate first before you ever complete, right? And so we got to be committed. Amen. And that's what it is between us and Jesus is a commitment. It's like a love relationship. It's like a marriage. Amen. He loves us. We love him. He's faithful to us. We're faithful to him. Everything that he's asking us to do, we do it. James tells us to just be doers of God's word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Amen. And so we want to be committed to this thing. Amen. And so today we want to pick up on number H on honesty. On page five on your lesson on honesty is the quality of being fair and truthful. The quality of being honest is having integrity, morality, and uprightness. Honesty means telling the truth, avoiding deception and fraudulent behavior, refusing to lie, cheat, or to steal. Amen. Trustworthiness, truthfulness. Amen. You know, one of the worst persons you can deceive is you. Amen. We as children of God should be truthful because the word is truth. Amen. Jesus prayed. Amen. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And in Mark 16, 15, the Bible says we will speak with new tongues. I know we are supposed to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in new tongues. But we should also change us to start to telling the truth. Amen. We should start telling the truth. We should not lie. Amen. When you look at Proverbs, go to Proverbs 8 real quick here. In verse 6 through 8, Proverbs 8, let me grab my Bible real quick. Verse 6 through 8, chapter 8, Proverbs 8. Notice what Solomon right, talks about wisdom. As, as wisdom speaks to us, here in, in the 8th chapter, verse 6, says, Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. Verse 7, For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward 
a perverse in them. Amen. So we see when we have the wisdom of God, this is what Solomon tells us, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. When we get wisdom, we should know how to speak. We should realize that we are children of God, and so therefore we should speak truth. Amen. We, there should be no lies in our mouth. You know, in Proverbs 6, it said, These six things the Lord hate, and seven is an abomination. And one of those things is a lying tongue. You know, if God hates lies, then we need to realize we need to clean it up. You know, we, we have to practice what we preach. Amen. If we're going to walk this walk, amen, and build our character, then we have to learn how to speak the truth. Amen. Don't get into the habit of trying to make excuses. Be honest. Be open. You know, and 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 say, you know, the truth. Tell the truth. Because if not, then it would be easy to just keep lying and lying and lying and lying. And we're not going to make it. See? Because if you tell a lie, you got to tell another lie to make up for the lie until you bring out the truth. Okay? And so we need to understand this. Honesty is important. The Lord says, amen, when the devil was tempting him, you know, notice Job chapter 2, verse 3. The Lord said to Satan, have thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and eschewer evil, and still he hold fast his integrity, although thou movest me to me against him to destroy him without cause. Amen. So notice, God says he still retains his integrity. He's still honest. He's still truthful. You know, and so therefore we have got to get this thing deep down in us because the word is truth. And Jesus says, remember, he says, it's not what goes in a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. Say, so if I put enough of the word of God in me, then what's going to come out of me? Truth. Say, I have to get in the mindset of thinking before I speak. Because I want to utter truth. Amen. I want truth to be in me. They say that there's a plaque at the University of Vanderbilt in Tennessee at the student center which reads, Today... I am going to give you two examinations. One is in trigonometry and one is in honesty. I hope you will pass them both, but if you must fail one, let it be trigonometry. In other words, don't fail honesty. Amen. Don't fail honesty. You have to be truthful. Will a man rob God? Be honest. Amen. See, see, if a man will rob God, he's never going to be truthful. He will never be honest. Amen. You're never, you're never. Amen. So therefore, you have to make sure that you stay honest in all that you do. Amen. From the time God brings you out, he's working with you. He is trying to lead you unto all truth 
to bring you to the point that he wants you to be. He wants you to be perfected as he is perfected. Lily Thompson said, the best mind altering drug is truth. Amen. If you're troubled in your mind, you have to ask yourself, is it because I'm not truthful? See, you've got to learn to practice truth in all that we do. We want to build our character. We want to tell the truth. Amen. We don't want to be men and women of lies. It has been stated that 95% of all Americans say that they lie regular. 95% of all Americans say that they lie regular. And those same people believe that the president and other people should not tell a lie. Scary, isn't it? Stop and think about it. How do you feel when somebody lie to you? How do you feel, Sister Sue, when somebody lie to you? You just feel betrayed? Hurt? You want to hurt them? <laughs> don't reach out and touch them. <laughs> but think about it. If you don't like it when people lie to you, why would you want to lie to someone else? See? We want to do unto others as we would have them to do unto us. See? We have got to be truthful in what we do. Amen. Notice Proverbs 11 and verse 1. The Lord says in Proverbs 11 verse 1 that a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. Notice, this honesty makes God sick. See, a false balance. You know, in the old days, they would have scales and they would weigh. I can remember when I was a kid, you know, they used to go to the store and the guy would cut and slice the meat and put it on the scale and balance and stuff. And there were a lot of people that got busted because their scales was not equal, even. You know, I knew the guy that... You know, we used to shop at, you know, I mean, the cops came down on him pretty hard because he, his scales was not balanced. You know, he had like a little extra weight on the end of there. You know, you can't see it. You're on the other side of the counter, you know, but, but they say again. Yeah, inspectors now, they inspect these things, you know, and stuff. And so, you know, and think about it, a false balance. Is an abomination to the Lord. Dishonesty. See? God don't want us to be dishonest. He wants us to be honest. Why? Because we're his children. See? We represent him in the earth. And as we walk this walk and as we talk this talk, amen. That's why, you know, most people, when they go to church, you know, they expect, you know, you can leave your purse you don't expect somebody to come in and steal your purse, you know, steal stuff out of your purse in the church because people are supposed to be honest, you know. If, if, if somebody came to your house, you know, you would expect them not to walk out <laughs> with your stuff. You would expect them to be honest, especially if they are Christians. 
know. And so, therefore, we have to, if we're going to walk this walk, we have to learn to practice honesty and integrity in the things that we do. Because if not, that gives Satan a breach into our lives. And he will exploit every area that he knows that goes against God's word. And he will do everything in his power to trip you up. Amen. And he will plague you. You know, when you tell a lie and you know you tell a lie, that's why your mind troubles you. <laughs> it, it beats you up, really. You know, whom the Lord loved it, he's chasing it. You know, and so he, he, the spirit begins to say, what are you doing? See? And so we have to learn how to be truthful in all that we do. We don't want to tell lies. We want to be honest. Amen. And this is what Job, amen, he even told his friends. He says, I will not justify you. I will maintain my integrity. Amen. It's very important that we keep our integrity. Number A, on page 6, accountability. The fact or conditions of being accountable, responsible, to be liable, Matthew twelve thirty six. Jesus says, But I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. So therefore, we need to choose our words carefully if I'm going to have to give an account of everything I say. Accountability is very important. See, when we become Christians, when we come into the, the thing of God, if I had never heard the word of God, I'd been okay. See, I could have kept doing all the wrong that I do. But once I hear, I'm now recountable. You know, what's the thing about awareness? Once you're aware of something, you have to take action. If I come and says, hey, Brother Wayne, your hair is all messed up. Now, now you're aware that your hair is all messed up. So now it's his responsibility to fix it, not mine. See? And that's what God's words does. This is what James has said and when he says, If you look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, and be not a forgetful hearer of the word, but endure your deeds to be blessed. But if any man look in and then he goes away and he forget what manner of man he was, see? Once you are aware, you have to take actions to fix what God is wanting you to fix. You've got to take accountability for your own actions. Amen. Amen. Don't get into the habit of blaming other people. Well, you're wrong. Okay? If you're wrong, you got to take responsibility for your action. You know, if I'm wrong, it's not her fault or his fault. You know, God puts the responsibility back on me. He says, if I know she's got all against me, then it's my responsibility to go to her. God always put the responsibility on the person who thinks they're not, they didn't do wrong. Because he said, okay, if you don't think you did wrong, then be the, big, big, be the bigger of the two. And you go fix it. See, we have to take actions. You know, look at Luke chapter 13, verse 1 through 5. Luke chapter 13, verse 1 through 5. They told Jesus, the Bible says here, of how they had mixed pilots. Pilate had mixed some of the people's blood with their sacrifice uh, here. Verse 
chapter Luke chapter 13, verse 1. And there was present at that season some that told him that of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifice. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things. I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Or that eighteen upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwell in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Notice, Jesus says, hey, if you don't repent, you're going to perish. See? You can look at what has taken place and find fault, or you can correct yourself. See? Because remember we said in, in Ezekiel 14, God says, you can't save nobody but you. See? And so accountability is important. See? Accountability is important. When I was in the military, after basic training, you know, after they had taught me, then they expect me to take accountability and be responsible. One day I showed up late for work. My supervisor looked at me, and I, I man, I, I'm looking for all kinds of excuses, you know. And so I finally come to the one that I was going to use, which was a lie. And I says, Sergeant, I says, my alarm clock didn't go off. You know. And he just looked at me. And he says, guess what? He says, you see them stripes on your collar? I said, yes, sir. He says, that's your alarm clock. (laughs) He says, if you want to keep them. You better let them wake you up. In other words, he was saying, you better take responsibility for your actions to be here. Or else you're going to lose what you got. Pretty good advice. <laughs> I don't think I ever was late again, you know. Uh, so, I, you know, the responsibility is on us. Once we're aware of what God's Word says, it's up to us now. You know, I can try to skate through, but it's not going to happen. You know, because Jesus tells us in Matthew seven twenty one, he says, Not everyone to say to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of God. You've got to be a doer of God's word and not a hearer. See, that's accountability. You've got to be accountable for yourself. See? People miss suspenses, and then they want to blame all everything else. No, no, you're accountable. You knew you had to get stuff done, you know. So if the teacher gives you an F because you missed the suspense, and parents want to come in and yell and holler at the teacher and the principal, that's dumb. You should be on your kid. Be on yourself, really, for not making them get it done. See? We got to take some accountability. Look at First Samuel fifteen, uh, verse nineteen uh, through twenty-three. We know when when Saul uh, did not 
1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 19 to 23. We see here, and we know this story of, of when Saul did not uh, go out and kill the Amalekites the way that God told him to do. Amen. And notice what Saul did. See, he wants to put the blame on someone else instead of himself. Amen. Passing the buck. That's right. That's what people like to do. Amen. Are we there? Verse 19. Wherefore, Samuel says to him, Wherefore didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil, and did evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord so great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being the king. Notice, amen, he wants to blame somebody else. And he, Samuel says, wrong answer. He says, that's the wrong answer. You are responsible. Amen. God told you what to do. It's not their fault that you let them bring that stuff back. You didn't do what God says. Say, you can blame anybody you want. But God says, no, I told you. Say, and this is why it's important that we learn how to take responsibility for our actions. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 12. We know this story, which is a good account for every one of us to pay particular attention. You know, Second Samuel chapter 12, we know that the story of David and Bathsheba. And when God sends Nathan the prophet down to, to David, amen, to tell him what he has done wrong, amen. And then when David decides that, First of all, he wanted to kill the guy that he thought that Samuel was talking, I mean, Nathan was talking about until he realized that he was talking about him. See? And notice what Nathan says to David. Now, Nathan, verse 7, and Nathan said to David, Thou art the man, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over all Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. I gave thee thy master's wives, thy master's wives in thy bosom, and I gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandments of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, 
and has taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. Now notice verse 13. David takes responsibility for his own actions. And David says, I've sinned against the Lord. He didn't say, man, she shouldn't have been out there. None of that. He took immediately responsibility for his own actions. He says, I've sinned against God. See? And that's why when you read Psalms 51, is his prayer of repentance. See? When we recognize through God's word we are wrong, we need to take responsibility for our actions. You know, I got to be man and woman enough to stand up and say, I'm wrong. Please forgive me. You know, and that's what God desire out of every one of us is to take responsibility for our own actions. Amen. As we live and walk this life. Accountability is very, very important. Paul says in Romans 14, chapter 14, verse 11 through 12, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow unto me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. What would you tell God if you stood before him right now? And he says, okay, tell me about your life. You had 80 years on the earth. <laughs> tell me about that 80 years. <laughs> and he's got a book there. <laughs> huh? You're going to fall silent? <laughs> see? See? But he's looking for your honesty. <laughs> See, we, we, we have to be truthful, and we've got to take accountability. See, if we want to be what God wants us to be, we have to be responsible for our own actions. See, as I said earlier, once I'm aware of something, it's now my responsibility to fix it. It's not Sister Bell's responsibility. It's not my wife's responsibility. You know, a lot of people want the pastor and the pastor's wife to fix them. It can't work that way. <laughs> You know, you have to take responsibility for your own actions. See, if you're going to grow, if you're going to walk this walk, see, you know what time, you know the place, you know what God's Word requires. If you've been in church any amount of time, you know what you're supposed to do. If you, if you saw your need to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, then you had enough wisdom to know what is required. See, and so as you walk with the Lord, as you talk with the Lord, as you study His Word, as you apply His Word, you will see that you will grow. And those things that had hindered us before will slowly fade away. See, this is why Paul is saying, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Say, I have to take responsibility to do what is right. 
Just like you young ladies going to college, you know. It's not the, the teacher's responsibility to, to make you do your homework. They tell you right up front what is required. They put the responsibility on you. Amen. So that you will learn how to take responsibility for your actions. You know, the police, when he pulls you over along the road, you know, for speeding, you know, he don't come up to you and say, hey, you know, why didn't you slow down? Most of the time they just says, you was violating the speed limit. You was responsible to be in accordance. You know? I can find all kinds of faults. says entrapment. Oh, he entrapped me. Oh, he did this. No. You just violated this, what was posted. And you knew better. That's how it is. It's just like when parents ground their kids, you know, for doing wrong. I told you, you did wrong. See? Accountability. Accountability is important. Amen. First Peter 4, 1 through 5. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise in the same mind. For he have suffered in the flesh, have ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Notice. Once you become into a relationship with God, now you're supposed to live for God, not the world, not to the flesh. You're supposed to dedicate the rest of the days you have on this earth serving God because he's your dad. Amen. He has your best interests. Right. For the time past of our lives, many suffice to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess in wine, reveling, banquet, and abominable adulteries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of writing, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. See? So everybody's got to give an account. See? So when people are beating you up, oh, you don't go party with us. You don't go do this with us. Come on. You know, you have to take some action and say, no, I'm sorry. That don't reward me good. Amen. Because I got to get an account of this life. Amen. Before the Lord. And there is no respecter of persons. P.J. O'Rourke says, one of the annoying things about believing in free choice and individual responsibility is the difficulty to find in someone to blame your problem on. And when you do find somebody, it's remarkable how often this picture turns up on your driver's license. <laughs> Amen. Think about that. It's always going to be you. <laughs> Amen. So it's, so we have to be accountable. Every action, every word, I have to be the stucky. Amen. <laughs> I'm accountable. Amen. Everything that rises and falls, I am accountable. Amen. Respect. Respect. Amen. Respect. Respect is a feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievement. Back in the 60s, Aretha Franklin made a song, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Tell me what it means to me. <laughs> Respect. 
Amen. Respect. There are two basic types of respect. First is the basic human respect, the kind you're entitled to merely by being born. This type of respect is based upon the fact that other people's needs, hopes, rights, dreams, ideas, and inheritance worth are just as important and valuable as our own. And it demonstrates by treating others with dignity and courtesy. As we said last week and the week before, we was talking about the Ten Commandments. And that last six commandments is your relationship to one another. Say, I am to respect you. When I, when I understand those, those uh, commandments, it causes me to have respect for you and what is yours. Okay? If, if I come to your house, if, if I went to Sister Bell's house and, and just throw my feet up on her, her, her coffee table, she's going to look at me like, what in the world has happened to you? What am I doing? I'm not respecting her. I'm not respecting what is hers. See? And that's one of the problems today is parents don't teach their children respect anymore. Man, my parents would knock my teeth completely out of my head if I would have called her Karen as a kid. They would have knocked my head completely off. Uh, if they would have said things like, have you lost your mind? <laughs> you know, if I didn't call her Miss Bell, if I didn't say please when she asked me something, my head would be rocked. Yes, indeed. But parents don't teach their children that anymore. I remember one kid asked my wife one time, she says, she, the kid says, what is your name? She says, Mrs. Parker. He says, oh, no, no, what, what do you mean? What is your name? You know, he, he wanted to call her Pam. None happened that way. <laughs> no, little children, you know, if we don't teach them respect for authority and adults, they're, they're going to get in a lot of trouble. That's what's happening in our world today. Why the law enforcement and principals and teachers and people are the inner authority doesn't, uh, isn't respected by our children at school and, and people is because it's not being taught in the home. You know, if, if you let your kid call you by your first name, you know, as a parent, that's not right. That means they don't respect authority. You know, and it's going to flow in their lives. And as a result, they're going to get in a lot of trouble. See? So we have to teach them. As, as the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. You know? I still call people. I know they're much younger than me, ma'am. You know? In the military, man, one of the first things you learn when you answer the telephone is, may I help you, sir or ma'am? Now, it could be a private on the other end of the line. You don't know. But they teach you to respect. You know? That's like the day in our world we see people just saying things about the president. You know, that's a total lack of respect for the position. You know, 
Like they told us in the military, you're not saluting an individual, you're saluting the position that they hold. You're respecting the position. See? And we need to learn to respect because we earn respect. We receive what we get. Amen. So we don't want to be disrespectful. You know, there's guys, you know, I, I've, I've talked to guys that's in jail and, and stuff sometimes. And I say, what happened? Why would you, you know, do this to the individual or whatever? He disc me. What? Disc me. As I said, or short for disrespect me. See? Disrespect. That's the street language. He disc me. Disrespect me. So they kill you. You kill him because he disrespect you. You know? You stab him because you disrespect you. You know? You know, this should not be. See? We have to learn respect. Amen. The second type of respect is that we earn by our actions. It's based upon who we are. It comes from our behavior, how we live, we act, we conduct ourselves. We determine if we earn it from other people. Amen. The way we treat people. Amen. Our actions all will reflect our respect. They say you get one shot to make a lasting impression in people's lives. Amen. One shot. You know, you, how people will see you. And so we have to learn respect. See, you, you want to, to walk, if you're going to walk this life, think about it. You know, if you say I'm a Christian and, I, and I'm yelling and hollering and screaming at my kids, you know, cursing people out, I'm not going to, you're not going to respect me. If I do that, see, we earn respect by our actions, our behavior. This is why David says, I will behave myself in a perfect way. Amen. We want to, amen, practice empathy, walk with other people in their shoes sometimes, you know. Think about other people. How do you want to be treated? How do you want to be respected? Your actions, your conduct, all will make a big difference. If you're around people that curse and swear all the time, you don't have respect for those people, do you? No, you don't. So that's why... We have to choose our words. We have to be the light of the world. We have to live according to what God's word tells us. And we have to walk this walk, amen, so that we will be respected by others, amen. Consider others' feelings before speaking and acting. Treat everyone with dignity and courtesy, amen. Jackie Robinson, the first black major league baseball player, he's, he's made this comment. I don't, I'm not concerned with your liking or disliking me. All I ask is that you respect me as a human being. See? Respect people, amen, for just being human. Irregardless of the race, the creed, the color, you know. That's right. Content of your color, character. That's right. Amen. Your character will make a difference. 
Amen. As you build your character, as you build, you know, your walk with God, as you live according to his word, it's going to make you a flower that everybody wants to pluck off of. See, that's why Jesus said you will have be fruitful and people will want to pick you. They want to be like you. You know, they will want to live their lives. They will be as disciples, you know, said to, to the man juggler says to Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? You know, how you conduct yourself on day-to-day actions. If you sit around complain, murmur, bicker, all this stuff all the time, nobody's going to respect you. See? But if you have a joyful countenance, if you have an upbeat spirit, if you have a loving, caring, and compassionate spirit, people